This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 127 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host, my friend Joshua Perry. Uh, He said he is feeling great when he asked me that question. I said adequate, and he said, what in the world is adequate? And I said, I believe it means like, oh, so-so. Just never heard adequate to describe somebody's like emotional state, like how they're feeling. You know, typically you'll be like, "Ah, I've been better. Like, oh, you know, I'm I'm all right or whatever. Adequate is like very descriptive in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. You know, like some days I just choose to use words that I probably don't need to use because I don't really know the the meaning of them but it just that's what flowed Joshua that's what flowed it's all good that's uh it's what we do as as media people we just put words in and we hope that they work exactly and I know you are getting really busy um I I know that the Big Ten you're going to amp up some stuff there uh you're getting ready for eventually the season coming about so uh, how's everything looking for you on your end in terms of being busy and um, getting ready for a new season yeah things are going well um getting ready to start doing a deep dive into the tape from last year just so I can brush up um you know getting to comb over some of the rosters just to see where the turnover is and then the other thing that um I'm doing that I enjoy doing this time of year is like I'll hop on the athletic and I'll just, you know, read through some of the articles and see what the news is, you know, see what the beat has to say about the Mm -hmm. different programs. I'm I'm glad you mentioned the athletic. If you're a sports fan and you don't subscribe, I really encourage you to subscribe. I've got some good friends that work for the athletic, uh, particularly here in Nashville. And I know you've got friends across the country that work for the athletic and you really can get whatever you want in terms of sports sports specific, sports nationally, regionally. Uh, They've got writers everywhere and they do such a good job of giving you different perspective. So I always encourage people, if you don't have a subscription, it's pretty um, cheap for the most part um, for the amount of information you get. So, Yeah, and their writers are all really good too. Like when they started bringing people on, like they went to some of the more uh, notable publications and tried to get the best writers yeah. Um, and so just from a like an actual how does it flow content, it's like written well, but they get you the best information because these are also people with yep. great relationships within the industry. Yep. And that's what you want in terms of people, people's work that you're reading. You want 
to read work from people that have good relationships within conferences, within teams. So that's a great point, Joshua. Let's get started on this episode. And it was great because this week at the beginning of the week, we had the Labor Day weekend schedule for college football kickoff. It came out. And so I'll go over what we will be seeing on that Labor Day weekend, which it's crazy to think, but before we know it, it's going to be here. I don't know where time is going. It's already the end of May. By the way, time isn't real. It's not real, Joshua. Else I would, I mean, I'm like 50 years old and I, you know, if time was real, I'd look 50. So exactly. You know, well, we know it, how much of an old man I am. So, <laughs> um, so Saturday, the 4th, that's September 4th. It is going to be no surprise. Alabama uh, taking on Miami. So that will be the early game. And then the later game is going to be another SEC team against Clemson. So Georgia and Clemson, that will be the late game on September 4th. And then on the 5th, that's Sunday. Yes, we are talking Sunday football. Notre Dame taking on Florida State. It's a late game at 7.30. And then we'll even have Monday on Labor Day. We will have a game, and that is going to be Lane Kiffin, who we are never discouraged with watching on any day of the week. That's our buddy that we, we still dream about getting him on this podcast. Um, Old Miss taking on the Louisville Cardinals. So that'll be the Monday game. Your thoughts on the Labor Day weekend schedule and ESPN slate? Yeah, it's going to be packed. I, I mean, we got some really good matchups to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically, I look at that Clemson and Georgia matchup, yeah. uh, neutral site to me. I feel like that is definitely a game that you want to tune into because those are two programs who are always recently at the top of college football. And I think it's going to be a great litmus test for both of them to see who is real to start, you know, who maybe took advantage of that offseason a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be fun for us to see uh, DJ Uyunglele against a – you caught that. There we go. Uyunglele – oh, shoot. No. Shoot. I'm yeah. not gonna. You just did it so beautifully. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Okay. Uh, but we get to see our guy against what is supposed to be a good defense. Georgia typically has pretty good defenses. They recruit really well, and yeah. so it'll be good to see a, a new starting quarterback on that stage in that matchup. I'm looking forward to Alabama Miami is intriguing because of the brands, right? I, I think mm-hmm. Alabama mm-hmm. we we would assume uh, would have the big advantage in that game, but it would be. Interesting, if Miami can make that a closer game than we think it's going to be, is Miami in a position to challenge Clemson for the top of the ACC, um, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the year as they go through that conference? So I think that'll be a great marker for us to kind of judge who Miami is. Um, And Mm -hmm. then, of course, Ole Miss. Like, I just I just can't wait to see our guy back out there on the field coaching. That's it. Oh, Right. I mean, and, and, and look, Louisville has always got a pretty good team. Uh, I, I feel like that'll be a fun game to watch, obviously because of Kiffin, but um, you know, I think it'll be a decent game and the Florida state Notre Dame game. I think that's interesting too, because you mentioned the brands going up mm-hmm. against each other with Alabama and Miami. And these are definitely two brands. Um, Notre Dame clearly having a little more success in the past, couple of years than Florida State has but I think you know people are hoping that Florida State can kind of get back to what it what its tradition in terms of football is because again 
that program is what lifts the ACC as well and, and what has not lifted the ACC in the past couple of years just because it's been kind of irrelevant. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you don't have to think back too far to when Florida State was the elite program in college no. football. 2013 National Championship, 2014 they had a college football playoff appearance. Um, so they're, they're really not that far away from what they were as a program. It's mm-hmm. now can they get back on track. And what you're going to get in this matchup is obviously going against Notre Dame, like you said. That's one of the teams that will always get attention nationally, but also the spotlight of being on there on a Sunday night um, and that opening weekend of college football, it's definitely going to turn some heads. So if you're that program, first impressions are going to be big just in terms of driving the national narrative of the state of the team and what they're going to be like and how we should feel about them. So that's going to be exciting just from that regard. So when I looked at the schedule, I, I saw a lot of big brands, but the brand that I did not see uh, that you clearly did not see was Ohio State. And, and I did not see Pac-12 teams as well, which is not as surprising. <laughs> we'll get into the Pac-12 in a moment, folks. Don't you worry. We won't go <laughs> an episode without ripping the Pac-12. But I, I didn't see Ohio State. And clearly everybody's schedules are different. But there's a reason why we didn't see Ohio State, Joshua Perry. Yeah, and it's unique, you know, like uh, we'll, we'll get into because this is going to flow into the, the next segment. But like TV contracts, obviously ESPN is in bed um, with yeah. the ACC. They're in bed with the SEC in a lot of ways, and they try to get those primetime matchups and everybody's going to get eyes on. So that's part of the reason, um, you know, you're going to catch Ohio State and some of these Big Ten teams and, you know, some of the Pac-12 even on Fox Networks. So part of the deal there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State is opening on a Thursday, and that's why you did not see kind of their name on this little list here. Ohio State is playing at Minnesota on a Thursday for the opener. You can look back to, I think it was 2017, maybe 2018. 2017, Ohio State opened up at Indiana on the road on a Thursday night as well. Um, Ohio State was supposed to open up on a Thursday night for the 2020 season, Ohio or the Big Ten conference put that wonderful schedule out. And then a week later, they told us to shove it. So um, we didn't get to see that. And so my feeling is uh, that the Big Ten is really trying to get eyes on the conference, um, you know, on a Thursday night primetime situation when nobody Mm -hmm. else is playing for that opening weekend. And they want to get one of their big brands on there. They've done it with Ohio State in the past. They tried to do it a year ago. And here we are again getting Ohio State in that slot. So maybe this is something we see into the future. Yeah, and I don't dislike it, especially when you're having to compete with the SEC primarily. Uh, Clearly, ESPN, like you mentioned, is in bed with the ACC as well now with the network. So it's not a bad um, idea for the Big Ten to maybe go this direction, especially starting it off with Ohio State. I mean, everyone wants to know, is Ohio State, going to be just as good as they were last year is you know they, they're always curious about Ohio State I mean it's a national brand clearly so I think that that's a great great way to kick it off and hey I'm not complaining going up against uh your man there Mr. Fleck oh what, PJ what PJ have in that post Taylor suit my goodness Fleck PJ quote, quote that Fleck. I'm telling you he's got all the one-liners he's got the best suits in the Big Ten Conference, yep. the the baldest head in the conference as well. Uh, old PJ is doing it big. 
And <sighs> for me personally, I am not upset with Ohio State playing on Thursday night because it probably gets yeah. me an extra day of work in with the conference. Yes. Uh, because we're going to want to cover Ohio State's opener. So I ain't too mad uh, about yeah. it. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be either. Still, you got to still, by the way, I want to, I want you to work on that Cribs locker room. I'm telling you, you better, you better be working on that. I want to see will that Cribs locker room piece. Okay. We'll perfect. talk offline. Okay, there we go. That's what I like to hear. Stay tuned people. Cause you don't get to hear what's offline until <laughs> a little down the road. Until it comes online. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you don't want to know all the things offline. All right. No, okay. No. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so say with two. You know I was so happy. <laughs> you like so, the news broke and immediately my uh, phone lit up. Kayla's like, did you see the news? Did you see the news? I'm like, yes, I saw the news. Uh, she's like, oh, she's like, I'm I, pumped, but I don't know how to really actually feel about it yet. I'm like, Great. I was just like, I don't know how to feel about this because <laughs> I was just excited that this had come down and we had just talked about this. Like, yeah. when are they going to make this higher? It needs to happen soon. So you can get stuff into place for this next season. Um, and yes, the, the uh, announcement came down last week after we had taped our, our podcast, clearly. But the Pac-12, new commissioner going to be uh, coming in and hopefully changing things. George Klievkoff, and currently the president of entertainment and sports for MGM Resorts International. Yes, based out of Las Vegas. You know what goes down there in Vegas. You know what happens in Vegas. A lot of money. A lot of That's money it. being thrown around. A lot of people who uh, know what to do with money and that don't know what to do with money. But I think from his resume and, and some of the things that he has done in the past with TV, entertainment, I think Klebkoff does have um, something going for him in the terms of he knows what he's doing. And I know that athletic director it is or an athletic director, uh, a commissioner for a conference is very different. And that's, I think, the one thing that at first I was like, wait, wait, what's his experience in, in that? Um, but because he works so much with athletics, entertainment, TV, I mean, that's what it is nowadays. That's how you make money in a conference. And then that's how your conference gets better. And so the more I thought about it, Joshua, the more comfortable I was with it. And the more I realized this is probably a good fit for the Pac-12 at this point. Yeah, I mean, Klievkov has a kind of deep history in the entertainment industry as well, not just um, in Vegas there, but I know that he had worked with TV networks on securing different deals and um, worked, I think, with um, UFC fighting. And then yeah. even in Vegas, like, his whole job is basically, like, you know, book fights and book residencies, and that takes a lot of talent to be able to put those deals together because the numbers have to make sense for everybody that's involved. And I think that yeah. is the, that's what the PAC 12 needs. The thing that I always lament is that they, they mess the money up because they, first off, nobody knew how to run a business over there. But second off, they, they messed up the TV deal. Like the, the mm -hmm. last thing you want to do 
if you're the conferences, fumble the TV deal because there's so mm -hmm. much money. They're so lucrative nowadays. And so he's going to yeah. be able to guide them through that to make sure that they're taken care of from that regard. I'm going to throw this conversation out because I think it's an interesting one. Pac-12, uh -huh. uh, based in Northern California right now, I believe, Bay Area. Um, Correct. Might, might they think about moving their operation to Vegas? 120%. Like we say always on the show, we literally read each other's minds sometimes, and that was going to be my next, like, word vomit to you is, you know, this is where they're going to probably go. And, yeah. and you're 100% right, Joshua. I think that this is screaming Las Vegas just for the sheer fact that, you know, staying in Las Vegas for him is probably big. It's where he does a lot of his business. It's where he feels yep. comfortable doing business. It's still an easy place to get to because it's really in the middle of Pac-12 country. Um, so it's easy for everybody to kind of get to. It's, it's, I would think with all the building that they're doing there with all these studios, all these podcast studios, I would think that they would be able to find a great um, spot for the Pac-12 network. And it's probably going to be pretty chic when it's all said and done with how they're going to set it up. So Joshua, you're right on. And, and already, you know, the Pac-12 tournament for basketball is there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a hit every year. So I think the more and more that they can bring there, uh, the more success they're probably going to have just because that's the spot to be right now when it comes to the money and, and all this other stuff. Yeah, I think that's the last part is where I'm at with it. Like you're seeing professional teams, uh, obviously the Raiders yeah. move there. Um, they're talking about a baseball team potentially moving there or something like yeah. that. I don't follow baseball. They got the Golden Knights, the NHL yeah. now. Yeah, and so it's it's a sports town, but there's there's so many different attractions. I think it would fit in well. And then your other point, too, is from a budget standpoint, it's probably way cheaper to run the operation out of Vegas than it would yeah. be to run it out of the Bay Area, I think, is where they're at right now. Um, yeah. And, and so just from that regard, too, I think if you're ready to turn the page as a conference and you want to show that you're trying yeah. to be a big boy again, you go to Vegas. It's flashy. I think it makes sense financially. I think it makes sense with who the key people are going to be involved now. And, you know, now you're in a, a, a town, too, that's like a real legit sports town um, yeah. that's thriving with a bunch of money. So my question to you is first order of business, because clearly this next season is for these all these different you know sports. It's still going to be a work in progress. It's not going to happen overnight, folks. I, I wish it would, but it's not. So first order of business for him is what in your eyes? You got to find some sports people to, to put in uh, leadership positions yeah. if you're him, just because that's not what he's used to. And I, I know mm -hmm. that's something that he's probably already doing and uh, well thought out. Second after that is you got to find out um, the, the status of your revenue streams currently. And mm -hmm. you got to figure out where you're going to make the money back. The hit, I'm telling you this, this move was money and media driven, period. Because they went and got somebody who is not, they're, they're a sports adjacent person. They're not a sports person. You know, this is not mm -hmm. an athletic director that they went and got nope. and put into this nope. position. You know, this is somebody who is entertainment. Like they know how to make the dollars make sense. And that's exactly yeah. what he's got to do. Like as soon as possible. Yeah, because, I mean, we had listed in one of our podcasts some of the potential people, and we even mentioned, like, Gene Smith and yep. um, Andrew Luck's father, refresh my name on. Um, Oliver. 
Oliver. Yeah. So those are some of the names that we thought potentially could could be the person over there. But I agree with you on the fact that I still think it's really important that you get some athletic minded people in there um, that have experience strictly with athletics because that's you got to make it all work. Right. You, you got to mm-hmm. you got to make the money work, but you also got to make the the X's and O's work in terms of, you know, these different sports and these different teams and these different um, schools. So, and I know that's the first thing that he said in his press conference that he wanted to do is sit down with all the commissioners and pretty much say, look, we need to get on the same page um, with all the athletic directors, mind you, I should say, not commissioners. Um, and we need to get them on the same page and we need to, you know, as a conference, get stronger. And the only way we're going to do that is if we're all communicating and that we all are thinking the same thing in terms of the direction we're going in. So I'm excited for that. I hope to see that work out. If not, I, I don't really fault them for the move because you had to try something at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is a crash and burn situation at all. You yeah. know, like you said, if if it doesn't work, I don't think it's going to be one of those where you look back and say, wow, like they couldn't have made a worse decision. If yeah. it doesn't work, I think it's going to be more so like, uh, you know, maybe the money's making sense, but it's not a fit from a personality standpoint or a fit from mm-hmm. what we're looking for, for somebody in the college mold. Um, and so that's yeah. where I'm excited is I feel like anything at this point is better than what they had. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Got Larry Scott. Good riddance, man. Yeah. Man. Well, Larry Scott, I am not uh, press pass, press pass podcast is hiring. <laughs> if you're looking right? for work. <laughs> You can work for us. Oh, my God. right. Uh, hey, come on, Larry. I mean, if those you're are the business. things that like, you know, how every once in a while we'll be on the show and there's like, we say something we probably shouldn't say. Yeah, right. It's yeah. one of those moments, right? Yeah. Inside joke sometimes, folks. Yeah. Okay. So our last segment, and I wanted to just bring this up because we had kind of talked about this here and there, but specifically this last week, um, the ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips, he came out and said um, he wants a thorough assessment of the college football playoff expansion before any decisions are made on their end about the um, current 14, <laughs> excuse me, format. So we've talked so much about expansion and how some people think it's a great idea, others don't. Um, clearly, some of these individual conferences still need to do some thorough investigating of, of what things would look like. But where are you at in terms of how soon we could see expansion? Because I think it's going to happen. Um, do you think it's a good idea or do you feel like don't fix what is, is already kind of working? So in terms of when we could see expansion, like as soon as it's feasible, yeah. um, whether that means they wait until the current contract to expire in the format, whatever, or they renegotiate. Cause this is part of making this happen is um, TV and everything else too. So mm-hmm. there's some moving pieces, but this is going to be something that happens sooner than later. Um, it's not yeah. a question of um, if it will happen. It's a question of when will it happen in my mind? Yep. Um, second thing yep. is I think the four team format is fine. And I might be in the minority saying that because I think mm-hmm. from the inception of the college football playoff, a lot of folks were like, oh, we should have more teams included. I think four is fine. <laughs> right. um, and the reason I say that is because I I think that the best four teams 
might not make it, but the best team wins. Like they're not three duds and yeah. one good team in there. You know, they might miss on one yeah. team or they might miss on two teams. Um, but whoever was going to be the national champion is absolutely in there every year. Um, in saying that, yep. I think that a six team format, six teams, not 16, okay. um, is the way yeah, not to go. Guys, not that much. Yeah, no, so, it's okay. two different things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a numbers guy, so I had to slow that one down. Um, and here's why is I think it gives an incentive for everybody to play competitively through the regular uh -huh. season right? Because if there are only six yeah. spots, that would mean that mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, still very thin field. So yep. your body of work matters and what you do matters and style points still matter, which I think is fun. Yep. I like that idea of watching the games and saying, well, this team did this on the stat book, but, you know, from a style point standpoint, I feel like this team showed me, like, that's the fun part about what we do. Absolutely. Um, the other thing it does in terms of the competitive nature of the regular season is it, 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 if there are six teams, that means that there's a buy in the mm -hmm. first round, right? Okay. One and two seeds would get a buy, then yep. three and six play four and five play. So there is a competition to the one and two seed. You're yep. trying to do everything you can do to become the one and two seed because you get a competitive advantage at the end of the year via a buy. In exactly. an eight-team format or a 16-team format, we're probably not going to see that happen. I would love to see that happen. And then my final reason, and this is the big one, I don't think there are more than six teams any given year that can win national title any damn way. Some years, I only think there are maybe oh, two teams that are actually competitive for a national title, and we're playing a four-team playoff, and mm -hmm. we already know who the two teams are going to be. Some years going in. Yep. And I think that is, for me – um, one of the, the bigger things is, are we going to eliminate a regular season game to turn around for a playoff and have a terrible matchup that nobody wants to see anyway? Like, you know, Alabama is going to play um, Northwestern. Like, I don't think anybody would want to see that. We saw what Alabama right, did to Ohio State last year. Like, nobody's trying to see Alabama Northwestern sure. play. And I think, for me, that's the deal. Um I think eight teams is still too big simply because uh, if you're Ohio state, you feel like you coast into the playoffs most years, like you can drop a game maybe two and still be considered one of the, the top eight teams. Um, and then the other thing you get into with the eight team format that I, I can't stand. And I know I'm going on and on is this conversation no, no, no. about, about automatic bids, you know, do all the power fives get an automatic wow. bid and then there's three at large, like, no, we're not doing that. And in, in my six-team format, it's, it's the, the top six teams is voted by the committee. I'm not doing all the power fives get in and then an at-large no. because the, there were two group of five teams, in my opinion, this year that were better than the best team in the Pac-12. Like, I'm not getting myself into that situation like to where, you know, let, right. let the people look at the games and watch the games and make the decision on the top six or the top eight, even if you do it that way. Yeah. So no auto bids in any system, but six teams is it for me. So what would a, would a six team, you know, any type of expansion, um, who would it benefit the most, I guess? And, and in terms of like having somewhat of a realistic shot, uh, and I know, like you said, that we have these power teams and, 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 Alabama, Clemson, 
I mean, Ohio State, these are teams that we see year in and year out in in the college football playoff. I mean, it is what it is. And at some point, you know, Nick Saban's not going to be at Alabama. Who knows if the program will take a little bit of a dip. It has before. I was there when it was not good, um, believe it or not. And so you look at these other teams, and I think you mentioned um, some teams that you felt like were really good teams last year. And I think you wanted to mention the name Cincinnati, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, does it benefit teams like that that are kind of on the cusp of having a real shot? Um, but just, you know, right now it's impossible. Yeah, I think expansion, um, and depending on what it is, benefits some of those teams, like you were saying. Like if you're a, a group of five team, I think it might benefit you, especially if it's a 16 team format where you get that many teams in the field there's going to be a number of group of five teams in my opinion but who expansion really favors is the tv partners because you know you got these games now and a lot of intrigue around it. it's going to print money um the bowl games again print money for them but the viewers also i think it really benefits people who are consumers of college football that they would have some more of these high stakes games at the end of the year to consume so um be interesting Mm -hmm. I know it's coming, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to do it wrong regardless because they're not listening to me. I, well, yeah, that's <laughs> we've we've come to the conclusion in a lot of things. I mean, if you just w- listen to this podcast, like I tell everyone to do, you just give it a shot, and we've got ideas coming at you every week. You yeah, know, we're giving out whether like or not a ton I mean, of free we, advice. We really show. are. Yeah. I know, like press pass podcast slash legal analyst slash sports analyst slash it's, advice it's giving press pass consulting group just put the umbrella of press pass consulting own. group yeah, llc that's what i was just gonna say yep <laughs> just taking it we're taking it off on it we're going on our own yeah, all right yeah. that's what we're doing hey <laughs> we appreciate you we got two jabs in here uh we appreciate you tuning in to another edition of press pass had some fun today and hopefully we get, we get some new news coming down the pipe here uh, with, with the months just dwindling down. I mean, it's crazy to think that we're going to be talking about fall camp here soon. And already, you know, I've seen these like pre-drafts and I'm like, please don't with this. Like I cannot do this pre-draft thing already for 2022. I'm like, yeah, why are we stop. doing draft boards for this? I, I think stop. I saw like Cleeton Slovis, the, um, the USC, USC quarterback USC. and right away I'm like no <laughs> I can't do this uh, we we appreciate you guys though always go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast uh, give us a rate and review we would really appreciate that and then where can they go to find you on social media my friend find me at RIP underscore JEP on Twitter and Instagram uh, follow your boy Follow your boy, and you can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram and Twitter. We are also putting most of our episodes up, except for when I don't have technical stuff going right for me. We put those up on YouTube, so you can always check out uh, what we look like when we do this press pass podcast in terms of facial expressions, which I'm sure you guys will all get a kick out of my many, many different facial expressions and my yeah. waggy finger. Finger wagon. <laughs> that happens a lot not gonna lie all right y'all have a great week and we'll be back here same time same place next week take care